This is McLean Mannix, and you're listening to Pack Center. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is the host of Pack Center, Garrett Hirschberg here with my co-host Kevin and Austin. If you don't know what you heard before the show started, it was a very famous bowling scene uh, from legendary bowler Pete Weber. And Nevada football is going bowling for the first time under Coach Jay Norvell with a dominating victory over Colorado State by a score of 49 to 10. What are your thoughts on this successful season Nevada's having and what happened on Saturday night? You know, we I think we kind of predicted this, that we were going to do well this season, obviously compared to last season. Did we think we were going to take this route and, you know, suck for a while at the beginning of the season? Probably not. Um, definitely was an interesting season taking, you know, a lot of twists and turns. Uh, and thankfully for this three-game winning streak that we're on now that has salvaged this season and hopefully we can win out, which... I think there's a very, very 99.9% chance we do this. So, uh, very interesting season, to say the least. Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly happy with our football team season. Uh, Jay Norvell has proven that he, he can get things done. Um, I mean, we have potential to go 8-4, and four, and that's a, that's a great season. We're going bowling, and uh, I'm excited to see what bowl game we end up with. But um, I think it's an overall great year for Nevada football, and it's a great building block to build on for future seasons, for sure. We didn't release a show last week, but in talking with you guys, I said packed by 20, and you guys were shocked that I said it that much. I didn't expect a 39-point victory uh, for the Wolfpack, but they looked, they, they looked good on all sides of the ball. Uh, defense pitched a shutout for the first three quarters, uh, and they, they looked good. Offense, Ty Ganji looked phenomenal as he went for 404 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, the running game wasn't really there, but you really didn't need a running game when the passing attack is on fire like that. Romeo Dubs had eight receptions for 120 yards, two touchdowns. Leading receiver, Caleb Fossum, finally caught his first touchdown pass of the season, so that was good to see. Uh, McLean Maddox had six receptions, 77 yards, no touchdowns, but it was just good to see. It was good to see Nevada's defense, or Nevada's offense come to play when they needed to lose senior night, we say goodbye to a lot of the members of not only this Nevada, a few members on this Nevada offense, but a lot of members of this Nevada defense. So it was good to come away with a very big win. And now these seniors have an extra game to play, go bowling and have a chance to go nine and four on the season. Yeah. I think it was a great way uh, for senior night to take place. Um, I mean, our offense was absolutely rocking. It was you couldn't stop him. Um, our passing game was on point. Uh, Ty Ganji had four touchdowns. I mean, Toa Tawa was kind of there with the running game, but, I mean, it really propelled our offense to have a crazy game, and our defense, again, coming up huge. I mean, I think from the San Diego State game on to the Colorado State game, they had five total quarters of shutout uh, with no points. So that's, I mean, that's huge. Um, our defense is coming up game after game, and uh, our, our whole team is playing like a bowl um, team, so I'm glad that we're going to be able to go bowling and hopefully get that 9-4 record. 
Yeah, no, we've talked all the season. Our defense has been one of the highlights for us this season. Uh, really great that our offense, like you talked about, Austin, Ty had four touchdowns, 404 yards. Kid had an amazing day. Obviously, Toa didn't have as great of a day as he usually has, but, you know, we had other guys step up, which is nice. I think this is the perfect time that we're getting hot. We're going on this three-game winning streak, going into the last two games of the season and a bowl game. I couldn't have asked for a better time to heat up. You know, in retrospect of this past season, I'm kind of glad we had some, you know, miscues in the early ends of the season so we could have this hot start towards the end. So definitely very, very exciting times for Nevada football. Um, great that we could get that win for the seniors, send them off right, and uh, have them go play, you know, an extra game in the bowl. So as of right now with this win, Nevada is now tied for second in the Mountain West standings, only behind uh, Fresno State, which we could have beat had we have had a quarterback. But there is still a chance Nevada football can still make the Mountain West Championship game. It is very unlikely, though. They would need favorites or 23rd-ranked Fresno State not only to lose to San Diego State, but to lose to San Jose State, so I don't think that's going to happen, but it's still great to see how a team that was projected to finish fourth in the West Division is now in second place with a 4-2 and two record. It, it's just incredible to see. Yeah, it's definitely something very interesting. Obviously, it's a very low chance that we even you know get into the game. Obviously, uh, they would have to have some miscues against San Jose State, which is just a joke. Uh, but I mean, I've we've all seen you know crazier things happen. I mean, just just look at anything in sports. You know, the biggest upsets of all time. But still, it's definitely something to hold our hats on. Is that we got to this point and we're you know really kicking it up in high gear in conference play. Yeah, we had struggled early with non-conference play, but at the end of the day, at the end of the season, it's really conference play that matters, and we're just kicking butt four and two. I cannot be happier with how we've played so far in the conference. Yeah, I I totally agree, and it's it's I mean it'd be great to be able to play in the Mountain West title game, um, if somehow San Jose State pulls up that uh, pulls off that upset. But I think it's more just to look towards next year and uh, to see how well we're gonna do in football. I mean. We have uh, Toa Tawa, who's a freshman, Romeo Doves, who's a freshman. So we have a, a lot of good building blocks for next year. And, I mean, like you said, Garrett, we were predicted fourth. Um, and we're going to finish – well, I believe we're going to finish second. So, I mean, that's going to be a great, great year um, for our football team and uh, great building blocks to build off of. Now, looking at – Last year's offense, they averaged 28.2 points per game. They averaged only 127 yards on the ground, 270 yards through the air, but they only would average three, 397 yards uh, per game of offense. But and you look at what happened this year, we're now up to 33 points per game and 438 yards of offense. We're also scoring on 88% of our red zone trips, which is much which is six percent higher than last year's but i and i do think you once you once you gave jay norvell a full year of recruiting you see what they brought in toa tawa you brought in uh Devonte lee you brought in Ro romeo dubs so you bring in these offensive catalysts that you have to build on from not from from your first year of recruiting as you see with uh mclean mannix and other other players so i think it's it's good to see that the offense is vastly improving. 
Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think that we have a great young offense, but also the key to it was Ty Ganji, you know, that senior quarterback who's able to lead our offense with those tools behind him. I mean, it was almost like a perfect storm in a way. Um, but I'm excited to see how these freshmen that are playing this year can turn around and play next year and um, ultimately just get better and better. Looking, and, and this team, and it's good to see that Gandhi started every game this year except one, obviously, missed the injury. As you looked at last year's team, he missed games just because he was benched, and he didn't even play horribly in those games. We talked about it last year on the show, uh, how Gandhi didn't play horribly at Northwestern uh, at versus Toledo, but he just got benched for the Idaho State game. And when he got benched for that, I think he lost he lost a good amount of confidence in that, but then he slowly picked up the momentum at the end of the season, uh, coming away with that final victory over UNLV. But looking ahead at this at this week's game, Nevada does travel to the Bay to face San Jose State, a team that will just it's not they're not very good at sports or major sports as in football and basketball. And UNO, uh, San Jose State is comes into this game with a one in five record on the year. They're they're one in nine. They're one in five in conference. One in nine overall. With their only win of the season being when they killed UNLV, they've lost a game. They've lost easy games like they lost to UC Davis. They got uh, blown out by Army. They got blown out by Colorado State. They got killed by Washington State. Killed by Oregon. So it's just inter- they got killed by Utah State. So it's just interesting to see like how this team played really close against Hawaii. Thought they might win that game, but then they just get blown out in every other game or most other games yeah i'm i'm really excited to see this game um unfold just because i i i'm afraid to say it's a cakewalk but it almost is and i'm excited to see how they can play and kind of stat uh pack their their uh stat books and all that but um yeah i don't i don't know what the problem is with san jose state again their their only win coming against nevada southern which is good for us but yeah, I just I think it's going to be a great uh, game for us to play and definitely get some stats up. Yeah, I think you touched on it right there when you're afraid to say it's a cakewalk. Obviously, we've talked on the show several times that San Jose is a complete joke when it comes to sports. But at the same time, we also still have to play our game. You know, we can't play down to their level. I think a lot of the times we do that sometimes and we, you know, go to games and we're barely winning them when we it should be an easy blot because we try to play down to their level take it easy thinking oh it's gonna be an easy game now we got to keep playing to the level we are playing play like we did just this past week play like it's senior night and just you know w- you know sweep the floor with them honestly and it's gonna be a great I'm just gonna go ahead and say that we win this game it's gonna be great going into you know and smacking on them too as well so these last two games is going to be a really confidence booster for this team going into that last bowl game. Now looking at San, San Jose State, they're, we obviously know they're not very good. Their offense isn't, isn't great. They don't score a whole lot of points as they average only 23 points a game, which is 10 less than what Nevada averaged. Uh, looking, at, looking at last year's game, Nevada did kill them 59-14. to 14. Uh, That was the game where... Damian Baber had, what was it, three picks and a couple touchdowns. So it was good to see what Nevada's defense was able to do. In last year's game, while, all, while the offense was also clicking, 
looking at um, some particular stats from that game, uh, Ganji threw for 223, three touchdowns. Uh, Wyatt Dems had a big game, seven receptions, 115. As we all know, he's not no longer on the team. But it was interesting to see how Nevada scored uh, 59 unanswered points in that game. Uh, San Jose State got out to a 7 nothing lead, and then Nevada just – Nevada just turned it on. Damian Babry had a blocked block punt return touchdown, a hundred yard pick six, and then a thirty nine yard pick six. So it's just it's just interesting to see. It was it was good to see Nevada's defense showing out in one of their last home games. Uh, I think that's going to be a repeat of uh, last year for sure. Uh, I don't know about the fifty nine unanswered points, but I mean I'd like to see it. Um, but I think this is a game where we could see like freshmen like uh, Romeo Dubs or Toa Tawa just kind of go off um, playing against a not so good defense. Um, even though it is an away game, I still think they're gonna have a lot of confidence and uh, really show out. Yeah, I don't. San Jose State's an interesting thing because they have a veteran quarterback, and I don't know if they're gonna play him or not. They've they've been flip flopping quarterbacks. Um, all year, and it, it probably is looking like uh, soft or se- junior quarterback Josh Love is going to get the start for the Spartans. He on the year he's completes fifty six percent of passes. Uh, he's thrown for one thousand nine hundred sixty three yards while throwing fourteen touchdowns and in nine interceptions. So I think the defense can really feast in this game. They they do allow a lot of sacks. As Josh Love has been sacked eighteen times on the year, so I think Nevada's defense can, if they get pressure the quarterback, I think they can really fluster the, fluster the Spartan offense. Oh, yeah, definitely. I th- I feel like our defense is going to step up. Austin, you brought a good point. I think our freshmen are going to step up, too. Um, I'm really hoping they step up because, you know, we need to start looking towards the future, too, a little bit with this team. Yeah, we still have three games left, but as you mentioned, we have, you know, a lot of seniors that, you know, had played their last home game last week so we have to start thinking you know what's the team going to be like for next year so we need these freshmen to step up um has been having a great year as it is obviously had an off game last week hopefully he'll step up as well dubs i'm hoping he'll have a great game just like he did this past week so it's gonna be interesting to see how the rookies play this season and yeah i think our defense is just gonna feed off this quarterback i'm expecting a lot of sacks you know obviously you talked about that they let up a lot of sacks so i imagine this kid going down hard and going hard going down hard in the first couple of plays you mentioned uh the young players and this is i i think a chance once nevada gets up big they will uh utilize some of their up-and-coming players because as we know ganji is a senior so we might see christian solano we might see griffin don i don't i don't we don't we don't know which quarterback jay norvell is leaning towards starting next year, but that's also a very long time away. We might see more Devontae Lee at the end of this game. We might see more Cole Turner. We've seen him briefly throughout the season. He obviously had that uh, kick punt return touchdown against uh, Portland State in the opening week. Romeo Dubs, freshman, had a big, big week last week. So I just think it's going to be a good time to get uh, some of these players some playing time under their belt so they come into camp ready to compete for a starting spot next year i agree and i feel like next year is ultimately what they're playing for now i mean a, a bunch of players said it that if they were able to play in the mountain west title game it'd be great obviously it'd be a dream but 
Um, like we said, it's pretty unlikely. So they need to start looking ahead towards next year. They need to start looking towards those young players like Romeo Dubs and Toa Tawa and uh, Lee, like you said, and all these uh, young uh, players that are able to step up next year and ultimately uh, get us to that title game next year. I definitely do think it will be interesting because we're just focusing on the offense. The defense is losing so many players. Malik Reed's gone. Corey Rush is gone. Lucas Weber's gone. Jamon Dotson, uh, Damian Baber, Asani Rufus. Uh, those are just the players we named who start on defense. So I think it will be interesting to see how the secondary, how they utilize young players into the secondary because that's going to be a strong, uh, one of the weakest points coming into camp next year seeing how they utilize um, the, their young players into, into real-time game. But looking, at, um, looking ahead, we don't, want, we don't want this to be like a trap game. So I think Nevada does have to come out. I think they'll get out to a very big lead and then just cruise to an end. I could see the starters coming out at halftime. Uh, what are your guys' game predictions? Game predictions, uh, yeah, I I agree. We're gonna get up to a huge start. I think we do another, you know, first half shutout like we did this um, this past week with Colorado State. I think I agree. Starters will probably come out after halftime, have a really really good first half, and then let the second half. Let's see these, you know, younger guys step up and these backups step up. Um, I think we take care of them by at least twenty five. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's gonna be a pretty easy game as well. Um, I'd like to see. Some of the young players get in after half. I think it'd be smart to maybe uh, sit Ganji and sit all the, um, some of these other players that could allow younger players to get some time in the second half. Um, in that second half, though, I think I think um, San Jose can maybe score a touchdown or a field goal. But I still think, yeah, well, we're going to take care of them pretty handily, at least uh, two or three touchdowns for sure. So the over, uh, there has not been a spread announced uh, at the time of this recording on Monday, but the over-under is – is set for uh, 57 and a half. And actually, no, the spread is 14 and a half, my bad, which I think Nevada definitely does cover. I was thinking more of the score lines, like more like last year, 45 to 10 or something like that. <laughs> if you were to pick Nevada, you, it, it, you, Nevada's a heavy favorite in this game. So I just think uh, I'd take Nevada, the points, the spread. I th- do think Nevada covers, for, if it's 45 to 10, I do think, I do think it's gonna be an outrageous score like that. Like we saw, Colorado State not be that good on defense. I think San Jose State definitely has a worse defense. So I think Nevada could put up more points, more yards than what they did uh, this past weekend. Yeah, I definitely think they'll cover at fourteen. They'll easily cover that. Fourteen. That's an easy bet, honestly. Yeah. But with that being said, we are gonna jump into a quick break, then come back with men's basketball talk.
are back from break. Thank you guys for listening to us on whichever platform you guys may be listening, whether it's Wolfpack Radio, SoundCloud, iTunes. We appreciate all the support you guys give us. But we are we are back talking about the now sixth-ranked team in the nation. Nevada Ooh. Wolfpack moved up a spot in the latest AP polls that came out on Monday. Uh, Nevada won its first two games of the season opener. Uh, they beat BYU by a score of 86 to 70, which I don't even know how they got to that score despite a slow first half. And then they beat Pacific 83-61. Uh, since we didn't have a show last week, we didn't get a, get a recap BYU. But it was interesting to see how at halftime of this game, the score was 34 to 34. Nevada eventually did put up 52 points in the second half to come away with the 16-point victory, barely covering, but I think star standout was definitely Jordan Caroline. He put on a show as he recorded a double-double in the first half. He ended the night with 25 points, 16 boards, four offensive rebounds, and it was just amazing to see how, especially in the second half, Nevada's three-point shooting came back to last year's form. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting game. Obviously, <laughs> I was a little worried, you know, seeing the halftime score of 34-34. I was like, oh, my gosh, here's the Washington game all over again. We're going to lose our first game, freaking out. And then we put up 52 in the second half, and I was like, okay, we're fine. Yeah, Caroline had an amazing game. Uh, that kid showed up. I mean, it's not like he doesn't show up generally. It's just definitely the star of the game. Um, obviously, you know, Caleb had a pretty good game with 21 points as well. Cody really didn't show up with, you know, no points. Um, but, yeah, the three-point did come back in the second half, so that was nice to see. Um, I know we talked about on the show the last time we were a little worried about our three-pointers and, you know, how we're not going to be to the, you know, pars last year with Kendall Stevens. Um, so it was nice to see flashes of that in the second half. Yeah, uh, this game, I, I wasn't too worried, but it was definitely eye-opening to see us uh, tied going into half. But um, even though I'd like to speak on, like, Cody, and even though he didn't have any points, he still had seven rebounds and 11 assists. And it's good to see that um, players on the team that would rather would be, that would that usually be scoring, uh, passing the ball. For instance, like, um, we see Cody in this game, and then we see Jordan Caroline take over in points. So it's just like a flip-flop. And you see different players uh, showing up in different games. It's cool to see different players able to um, show up. And depending on what team we're playing, we can put in different players that can show up and uh, ultimately win us the game. I mean, Jordan Caroline went off. He had an amazing game. Um, but it was nice to see that even though Cody couldn't get on the scoreline, he was able to uh, definitely contribute to this team. So it was in coming into the season, we were, gonna, we were wondering what's the starting lineup going to be uh, the starters were J.C., Trey, Trey Porter, uh, and the Twins. But it was interesting to see how, although Nevada played nine people, they really used a three-man bench in Jazz, Nisre, and Corey Henson. So it was really interesting to see. Uh, it's Because we know after the Washington game, Musk was said he, he's got to figure out the lineups. And I think he this is going to be the starting lineup going forward. We saw... We saw this same exact lineup uh, in the Pacific game, so I think I think it's an interesting lineup because there's not as much three point shooting on the floor as much as there's bigs. So it's interesting to see how they have uh, Jordan Caroline playing the three with Treshawn uh, Thurman at the four and then Trey Porter at the five. So I, I do think that's an interesting thing because I do think 
Caleb can play the two or three, or even the four maybe if you want to go small ball. But it's just interesting to see how Must decided this was the lineup to start the season with. Yeah, I I definitely think this is the lineup gonna that's gonna be like every week game in game out kind of stuff. I mean, Treshawn Thurman has showed up um, every game he's played, in my opinion. Uh, he's done really well. He's really good at defense, which is something that we needed, as we've noted in the past. Um, but I think I think it's a good starting five. I think it's a, we're able to give Jordan Brown um, some time, you know, sitting on the bench kind of adjusting to college play. I mean, it's, it's hard coming from high school to, to college and playing on a top 10 ranked team. So I think it's good that we're giving him some time on the bench to come off and kind of get adjusted to the game. Um, but I think this is a powerful starting five moving forward for sure. Yeah, I think this is definitely the starting five uh, that, you know, he's going to go with for the upcoming the upcoming games. Obviously, and you touched on it awesome a little bit, is Jordan Brown. Obviously, this kid is amazing. He was a phenom, you know, in high school. But, you know, at the same time, this is a whole different type of game. This is college basketball, no longer high school ball. You know, it's a different time to adjust. So I think, you know, that's probably a little bit why he only played, you know, a couple minutes in the first game. You look at the Pacific game, he did end up, you know, getting a little bit more of 21 minutes. Um, so it's definitely going to take him a couple of games to get his um, footing on. And I think just with the team in general, um, I think we're doing great as it is. I think Musselman's definitely got his lineup as it is right now. Um, and that was probably the biggest thing in the preseason that we are all worried about is, you know, what's the lineup going to be? Because we all know Musselman doesn't like to run a lot of bench players. Garrett, as you talked about, we only have like a three-man bench basically towards the end of that second half of the BYU game. So, it's nice to see him finally figure out, you know, who we're going to play and, you know, who's going to be coming off the bench, you know, those lucky three. And one thing to note, like, when looking to the game, Nevada really does control the pace when it does get to the free throw line. Nevada got to the line 39 times this game. They only made 38 of them, uh, which is shooting at a 71% mark. But that that is classic Nevada basketball, as we saw last year. Last year, they got to the free throw line a ton and which allowed them to kick it out and make the threes, which by looking at the box score, it might not look great. Nevada shot 8 of 28 from three. Not not the greatest, 28.6%, but it definitely did improve, especially in the second half of this game. Looking at the game itself, Nevada got off to a 9-0 run, and we thought, oh, this is going to be a Nevada. Nevada basketball is officially back. Then it slowed down. That's when uh, BYU went to a zone defense, and that really threw Nevada through loops. And that might be something we see, especially from every team going forward. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I think even Pacific ran it a lot too. Um, I I think we're going to be seeing a lot, a lot of zone. Um, I mean, it's just teams forcing us. It's putting pressure on our weakness, which is our three point shooting. And it's um it's forcing us to live and die by the three. They're gonna they're gonna take a open three point shooter rather than um, a Jordan Caroline drive to the lane. So, um, but I think it was yeah we got confused in the BYU game. But I think by the looks of it, we'll touch on later in the Pacific game. I think we got it covered, and um, I'm interested to see if teams still run it against us. But I think we will see it a lot during the season. Yeah, definitely. If I'm an, if I'm opposing coach coming into a game, and you know you have all those big guys, and you know our weakness is the long range uh, shots and three point shots, I'm definitely running you know a zone. 
but it's definitely going to take us some time. I have faith in Musselman and these players that they're going to adjust to it. Obviously, we're going to have, you know, those lucky chances that we get down low and we can put it back in. But it's going to force us, and it's honestly going to help us in the long run if teams keep doing the zone so we can figure out the three-point um, shot and the long-range shot and get those down. So when it comes towards the later on the end of the season and in the tournament, we can have that, you know, tool in our back pocket, you know, instead of just relying down low and being limited just to, you know, one style of game. It was interesting to note that Caleb Martin did struggle in the first half. He had zero points. But in the second half, he turned it on with 21 points on 3 of 9 shooting from 3, 10 of 12 from the line. You'd like to see him improve that 3-point percentage, but 33% is not horrible. But I think it – well, Nevada did come away with the win, so that's as much uh, – that's the most you could ask for. Moving on into their second game of the weekend or of the week, they beat the Pacific by a score of 83 61. Now, in this game, Cable Martin continued his first half woes, uh, as he put up zero points in the first half. Uh, he did end up putting Cable Martin ended up uh, putting up he, he put up 22 points in the second half with six boards. He shot five of 12 from three, which is an improvement. Uh, 41% is better than 33%, and he did shoot 5 of 5 from the free throw line. So I think I do think that you might not need to play Caleb Martin in the first half ever again. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he might just be a bench player coming on the second half. No, but uh, seriously, uh, I think it was definitely a three-point shooting that put us ahead um, in the Pacific game. Dif- different uh, story than the BYU game. But, I mean, you you go down the list. Treshawn Thurman went 3 for 4 from 3, which is huge. Uh, which was huge. Caleb Martin had five three-pointers. Uh, Cody Martin had two. Jordan Cameron was two for two from three. And uh, Jazz Johnson was three from five. So, I mean, our our three-point shooting was um, really good this game. And it was uh, I think it was our answer to the zone. And it was I w- it was good to see that, like, we could actually shoot the ball. I was, uh, I was getting a little worried. But it was good to see that our team has the ability to knock down the three. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last year, that was the most electrifying part of watching Nevada basketball is us putting up the three, especially with Kendall Stevens. So it's good to see guys at least proving, improving on the game from the BYU game to this past game. Um, you talked about the three points. Um, I think just overall as a team, we just did all around better. I mean, Caroline did, didn't perform as well you know, on the points per, uh, produced area, but we had Cody who came back from going – you know, no points in the first game like we talked about earlier, to having 11 this game with still having 10 assists and just, you know, these guys stepping up when they should be stepping up. I mean, look at Jordan Brown. He had 21 minutes, uh, seven rebounds, only had five points. But, I mean, still, that's a long time for this kid to play in his second, you know, regular season game in college basketball. So, and then, obviously, Caleb just had another phenomenal game, 22 points. Obviously, I don't know where he goes during the first half and doesn't score points. I don't know if, like, he's not there mentally. I don't know if he's, you know, um, switching out with somebody at the second half. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, we're just glad that he can perform in the second half. You know, I wait to can't wait to see a game he performs that way in the first half and ends up having about a 40-point game. I'll lose my mind. But we'll have to see if that happens during the season. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting to see how Musk uses his rotations because Jordan Brown actually saw a significant amount of minutes in this game, while in the first game he only saw five minutes. In this game he saw uh, twenty one. But other than other than Jordan Brown, Jazz Johnson was the only real player to get significant minutes off the bench. 
Uh, Nisra and Corey, the same same four total people from the bench in game one, got the same minutes. But Nisra and Corey only got nine points. And they both struggled. What was thought to be these two were going to be good three-point shooters. The, between the two of them, they went 0 for 4. While Jazz Johnson went 3 for 5 from deep, he added 12 points. And I think that was a really good contribution off the bench. Jordan Brown had five points, seven boards, three blocks. And so it was good to see the bench unit producing because this is something that I know last year we didn't have. This year we were thought to be Nevada was supposed to be one of the deepest teams in the nation. We're not u- totally utilizing the bench depth. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, going into the season, I I predicted Jazz Johnson to have a great, great year. And I think him and Jordan Brown are arguably fighting for that six-man spot. I mean, who's going to be the first man off the bench? Um, but I think Jazz Johnson is producing at an incredibly high rate, and he's doing he, he's bringing a good energy off the bench. I mean, he always has uh, great defense and a great shooting. But, yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of worrisome that um, – our other transfers like Corey Henson and uh, Nizre Zuzwa, we pre- we predicted them to be excellent shooters. Uh, definitely a couple threes a night, and um, in the exhibition games and the two uh, now regular season games, uh, they've been kind of quiet. So maybe it's just taking them a little bit to get adjusted. But I'm excited to see if they can produce uh, down the stretch. Yeah, hopefully it's just taking them to you know find their footing. Obviously. It's only the first two games, guys. I mean, we keep talking about this, and I think our eyes are just, you know, getting really big, thinking of the end of the season and the tournament, and, you know, we need to start worrying now. I mean, it is only the first two games. We're getting the wins done. That's At the end of the day, that's what really, really matters is getting those Ws. Um, but, yeah, I think I think we give them, you know, two weeks, two, three weeks from now we'll be talking about this. Hopefully they'll be shooting a lot better from the three-point um, or we'll have somebody else step up like you know Johnson did, and maybe we'll find out who is going to be solidified as the sixth person, either Johnson or uh, Brown. But, yeah, I guess it's my biggest thing is it's only the first two games. I mean, obviously, I think it's in two weeks we play Loyola, two or three weeks. It's, after, it's after Thanksgiving. It's I, know, af- I know that. It's after Thanksgiving. I want to say it's, you know, four games from now. Or three games, and then the Loyola game. That's going to be a really, really big test. Obviously, we played Little Rock and California Baptist, which, I mean, those should be just easy wins as well. Uh, Tulsa, I don't know much about Tulsa. I figured that might be a kind of interesting game, maybe like a BYU type of game. Um, and then Loyola, that's going to be our big test, especially when we play Loyola, USC, and Arizona State back-to-back-to-back. Um, so hopefully we get it by then. I think I think we talked about at the beginning of the season that a lot of these first games, these first five or six games, are just basically warm-up games for us to find out who we are as a team and what are we going to do. Look, I think I think by the time we get done with this Vegas tournament, by the time we have to play Loyola Chicago, we'll know this. We'll know the identity of this team. But looking at what happened um, in the Pacific game, we saw new uniforms for Veterans Day. They were camo uniforms. And I thought they were very ugly. I, I kind of agree. I don't think they were – I know you have a huge hatred for this. I don't think they were as bad as you think they are. But from a fan standpoint, yeah, Adidas could have done way better with those uniforms. I was expecting a lot more from them, especially with the holiday weekend and Veterans Day. Um, I Maybe it's just, you know, we're so accustomed to Nike and last year, and maybe we just need to adjust that Adidas isn't Nike. But at the same time, you know, we switched over for a reason. So I think Adidas needs to start, 
you know, maybe not shelling out the money. They're shelling out the money, but, you know, shelling out the designs, you know. Maybe Musk needs to step in there and be like, look, guys, we need to do things differently here. I don't know. I, I kind of liked the, the, the camo unis, but I agree. Uh, it is look, a new. They, they could have definitely been done better. Last year's camo uniforms were cool. This year's, like, I don't, I don't get what, like, if you do, if you do a gray shorts with a camo stripe down the side, Rather than all camo shorts, it doesn't look good. I agree, I agree. But at least we're getting some uh, variety on the court rather than we we see with football. It's just rather blue and white. I mean, at least we're getting some uniform change. Oh, definitely. The football uniforms, let's just be blunt. I think we talked about it in the prior weeks. Those are just practice uniforms. That's strictly what they look like. They have no character to them. You know, no, you know, wow factor to them. Hopefully, maybe maybe that's our thing. Maybe last year we had a ton of uniforms, and that was our big thing is we had so many creative uniforms and we didn't win the tournament. Maybe this year we have bland uniforms and we win the tournament. You never know. Sometimes you need to uh, substitute one for the other. But, you know, you all always look at the saying, you know, you look good, you play good. So After the first week of college hoops, Jordan Caroline is now one for one on Mountain West Player of the Year's. Let's, let's see if he can keep it up all season long. Uh, and win that award every, every week. Sing- every week, yeah. Hey, we're, uh, we're challenging here, buddy. If you're listening, you know, try to get that every week. It's, it's probably not going to happen, oh, but God, it's no, good. But. It's good to see that Jordan Caroline is put on a show for us, uh, done well, especially in that BYU game. But looking forward uh, to Nevada's third game of the year, it is the first game in the Continental uh, Las, the Continental Tire Las Vegas Holiday Invitational. Boy, that's about that boy. That just that's an awful name for a tournament. Nevada does play the Little Rock Trojans. They are one and zero on the year. In their first game, they did be Southeast Oklahoma State, 101 to ninety two. So I do think I th- I think this is a team that can put up a lot of points, and it will be interesting to see how Nevada's defense can handle the what Little Rock has to offer. Looking at some, just looking at a little bit about Little Rock, they are 13th in the nation in assists per game. They are also 16th in the nation in three point field goals made. Granted, this is all coming off one game of the year and, so, an, and an OT game, by the way. Oh, it was in overtime? Yeah, it went in oh. overtime. Well, it was good to know. Uh, <laughs> they, they did make the NCAA tournament in tw- 2016 where they upsetted fifth ranked or fifth seeded Purdue. So I do think this is a team that Nevada doesn't have, shouldn't take lightly because we saw we saw what happened in the same exact tournament last year when we played San Francisco. I think that ultimately hurt Nevada in seeding in the NCAA tournament. Although that's all that was last year, but I do think Nevada does will come away with an easy victory in the first two games of the tournament. Then you come, then they go down to Vegas around Thanksgiving, and that's when some competition. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think one of the biggest things I'm trying to look for in this game is to see if we can show up a little bit in the first half. Um, you know, both these games, BYU and Pacific, we were very close to the first half. Everyone's like, oh, here we go. Um, and we're waiting until the second half to pull it out. Um Maybe we'll get, you know, a full complete game from this team and we won't have to wait for, you know, um, Caleb to show up in the second half to start putting up 20 points. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to and challenging the team is to actually, you know, have the lead going into halftime. 
Yeah, I, I think this should be an easy game. Um, it'd be a, it'd be pretty monumental and pretty sad to see us lose, um, especially to this caliber of a team. But, um, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how we play um, shooting the ball, see if it was just a one-game fluke versus Pacific or if we're really the real deal, and uh, see everyone click. It should be an easy game, get some people some minutes, uh, kind of even out our team a little bit, and, um, yeah, ultimately get a win on Friday. Yeah, and that's something weird to think about, that Nevada basketball has a full week off, and and it's just it's weird. I, it's just I don't know what to do because we there's no sporting event to attend in between in between what the football game on Saturday and this next basketball game on Friday. But looking at Little Rock's season last year, they went seven and twenty five on the year, not very good. Four and fourteen in the Sun Belt Conference. Losing their opening uh, round matchup of the Sun Belt Tournament to Appalachian State, so I do think this is a team that is not is I don't know if they're going to be very good. Southeast Oklahoma State, I don't know. They're not. They're probably not very good. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't follow Southeast Oklahoma State basketball, nor do I don't think anyone else in <coughs> pretty much outside of Oklahoma. Yeah, but I do, I do think Nevada will come away with the easy twenty plus point victory. Yeah, I, I think easily. I think I'm going to say 25 at least at this point, um, obviously. And this is no offense to them if anyone from there is listening, which I highly doubt. You know, we're not trying to, you know, you guys or anything like that. But at the same time, you guys went 7-25 and 25 last season. So we're the sixth-ranked team in the nation. We're going to care a little bit more about us. Um, yeah, I think it's just one of those easy games we're going to have. Um, obviously, they did well in the tournament two years ago. Um, but obviously that was two years ago, so it's definitely a different season now. Uh, it should be an easy game for us. Hopefully we'll you know pad a lot of stats for these guys coming into this game. Yeah, I think it will be around 25, 30, a point win. Um, definitely a game where they can get their stats up. Uh, maybe Jordan Caroline can win Mountain, Mountain West play of the year or a week again off of one game. That would be great, um, but I think it's going to be an easy, easy win, and then um, – ultimately look uh, next to Cal Baptist. Yeah, and that game is on Monday, so uh, by the time we are uh, recording, by the time the show comes out, that, that game would have already passed. Looking at Cal Baptist, this is another game that not, ESPN gives us a 99.4% chance to win. The Cal Baptist Lancers are 1-0 on the year. They beat San Diego Christian University, 87-71, and they also have a game on Tuesday against Oral Roberts, which they're projected to lose. So I don't, I don't know why we have to face these two teams in this tournament. I guess they just needed some fillers. I don't know, but a win, a win will be a win. So and and they also play Tulsa on the 16th. So that's another game before they have to come to Reno to face the Wolfpack. So, I guess I guess Nevada will enter the Tulsa game with a record of four and zero. I'm not really putting much stock into the Cal Baptist Lancers or the Little Rock Trojans. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're maybe they got other sports that they're good at. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we'll be four and zero going in uh, going into the Tulsa game for sure. I think it'll be easy. Um, I think Cal Baptist will be easier than Little Rock. It's kind of laugh, laughable games. I don't know why the sixth-ranked uh, team in the nation is playing them, but 
you know, it is what it is, and uh, ultimately go on to play Tulsa uh, at our, with our fifth game of the season. Yeah, I'm just going to agree. 4-0 by the time we get to Tulsa. Um, hopefully we'll be a lot more solidified on this team, you know, on who's coming off the six-man, you know, if we're going to have a three-point, you know. A uh, three-point team this year going in Tulsa into that tournament down at Vegas, and especially when we go play Loyola, USC, and Arizona State. Um, by then, we'll definitely have a lot of warm-ups and a lot of confidence going into that. Now, some things that don't hurt the Wolfpack is their strength of schedule, as the Mountain West does not look good this year. The Mountain West took some really bad losses, starting with Air Force. Air Force is one of the worst teams in the conference. They lost to Texas State. Uh, that's just a bad loss. Looking at San Jose State, they lost to Southern Utah. That's another team that's projected to finish last. Boise State's 0-1 on the year at the time of this recording. Losing to Idaho State, that's that's a bad one, seeing how Boise State had an 18-point lead in that game and lost. Looking at Nevada Southern, they're 0-1. They lost to Loyola Marymount. Uh, that's not a very good that's not a very good that's a very bad loss and Wyoming is 0-2 losing uh first UC Santa Barbara and at Oregon State they got killed by Oregon State but Oregon State is a Pac-12 school which we've seen Nevada beat in previous years but yeah I don't think the Mountain West being struggling this mightily throughout the first week of the season helps will help Nevada's strength of schedule yeah, no, the conference as a whole is struggling very mightily right now. We're the only ones, you know, really successful as it is. And I think it's just – that's just the trend. Um, we're definitely going to be the shining star of the Mountain West. Um, it's going to hurt us, you know, when they look at rankings, obviously, because we'd be playing pretty much trash teams at that point. Um, it'd, it'd be a little bit different if we were playing, you know, a couple of years ago and we were still sixth ranked, you know, playing when uh, New Mexico State was – heavily uh, pretty good in the conference same with san diego state and unlv once upon a time a couple of years ago was right up in there getting into the tournaments um consistently uh so that's gonna hurt us a little bit i think in the strength of schedule um when they look at the rankings um but it'll definitely pad our stats and you know hopefully lead us to you know losing very minimal maybe one or two games a season yeah i think some people might see this like would look and be like, oh, the Mountain West is going to be easy this year, so that's good for us. But I think ultimately it actually hurts us just because of what you guys have been saying through the um, rankings. I mean, if we lose a couple games in our conference, that's definitely going to hurt our ranking going into March. So um, hopefully the Mountain West can pick it up, man, so we can be a decent uh, basketball conference. One last thing, uh, basketball note before we head uh, out for this week's show. Shout out to Katie Bates from The Ringer. It was a, She wrote a really good article on Eric Musselman and uh, Nevada basketball. If you haven't read it, I recommend checking it out. It was fantastic. But with that being said, that we're wrapping up uh, today's show. Any final thoughts, guys? Uh, basically, uh, I'm excited that we're, you know, we're starting off 2-0. and um, Happy football is doing great, winning three in a row. Um, everybody come out to the game this Friday, you know, watch us, you know, whoop on some more teams in basketball. Um, and this Saturday, just cheer on Wolfpack as we go play the trash San Jose state. <laughs> you know, that's all I could say. Yeah. Um, it's a good, uh, it's a good time to be a Wolfpack fan. Our, uh, our sports are looking real good guys. So, uh, come out and support whenever you guys can. And, uh, let's get our, uh, athletics top tier. And with that being said, uh, we will see you guys next week.